Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday, and that was an ugly one last night. At the, at the bare minimum, that was ugly. We're going to break it all down, try to make sense of it. Cardinals let up eight runs in an inning and lose to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Can't happen at this point in the season. We're breaking it all down on today's Locked On Cardinals. <laughs> Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen, whatever you're tuning in, whether it is the new YouTube channel or you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, I thank you for joining me today. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Free and available on all platforms, including the YouTube channel at Locked on Cardinals. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your uh, Cardinals content, as well as leave a rating. And you can email the show anytime at Locked on Cardinals. Or lock, excuse me, Locked on Cards at gmail.com. Cardinals lose. 11 to 7. I feel like if you were watching the game in the third inning, the Cardinals were up 7 3. They were even up 7 to 1 at one point. Probably most people, or at least some people, probably turned that game off. Check. That's a win. Don't need to worry about that game anymore. That game's over. And a couple of innings go by, and you check the score on your phone. You think, okay, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Fifth, sixth inning. Maybe you, you, you decide to go out or have a nice Thursday night or something. And then you check your phone. What, it's, what it seemed like in the blink of an eye or, you know, 25, 30 minutes later, and all of a sudden the Pirates are winning 11-7. to Wow. That happened so fast, and it was just so disappointing. That is literally the, the only word that comes to on yesterday. That we probably are too much from this series because it is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the, the Pirates aren't a good baseball team. The Pirates... Or at least the season they aren't, and even if they do have a series sweep or three out of four, then beating a non-playoff team doesn't really mean a whole lot. So we weren't going to learn much. Well, I was kind of right and kind of wrong. I was wrong in the fact that we learned that Hennessy's Cabrera's ERA could go north of four. I was wrong in the fact that we learned that the Cardinals Hennessy's Cabrera could let up six runs before an out was or six could not retire any of his six batters before an out was recorded. I learned that the Cardinals could allow eight runs before an out was recorded. Yeah, that sucked. There's no other way about it. Whether you're a, a pessimistic fan, an optimistic fan, an in-the-middle fan, um, an average fan, or whatever you are watching the Cardinal baseball team right now, that was, not, that, was, that was bad. It was awful. It just was. Cabrera just didn't have it. He has not had it his last couple times out against Pittsburgh. Didn't look sharp, obviously. Gave up six earned runs, two of them being charged to Andrew Miller, who looked really good the inning prior, but was unable to get out of anything in that bottom half of the seventh. The lucky seventh inning for the Pittsburgh Pirates as they go on to score eight runs that inning and win 11-7. to We're going to break it all down. We're going to start with the positive part of this game. And yes, there are a lot of negatives to discuss that seventh inning in particular, and I will not ignore that seventh inning in particular. 
but we need to talk about the positives first because there are plenty of negatives to talk about. So let's just start positive. What's wrong with starting positive? So let's do it. Cardinal offense, seven runs in three innings. Win. You had a home run from Nolan Arenado in the first inning that I still don't understand how he hits those inside pitches. He's been struggling a little bit. He had an, he had an okay homestand, but nevertheless, he when he's on and somebody tries to sneak a fastball inside on him, he is just so good at getting those hands inside the baseball and being able oops, excuse me, hit the microphone there, uh, being able to keep the ball fair down the line. And he hit one off the foul ball in the first remarkable start. You go to the bottom of the first, you have Miles Michaelis on the mound, gets out of the scoreless inning. And then you go to the second inning, you get the bases loaded. Michaelis does a job with getting a bunt over. And then Tommy Edmond brings home some runs with a two-run double. Tommy Edmond doing it all. He is having a phenomenal stretch of baseball right now. I know that he might not have been the second baseman of choice for a lot of people coming into this season, and I'm still not trying to say he's better than Colton Wong, but he has turned it around. His last 15 games got a slash on a 317, 394, 460. He's got seven runs driven in, a home run, two stolen bases, seven walks as well, 13, or sorry, 20. For 63 in those last 15 games. So he has really turned it around. He also made a fine, spectacular defensive play in the top, or excuse me, the bottom half of the first. So wonderful. You have Arnado on a roll. You have Edmund on a roll. Goldschmidt had an RBI knock in that inning. Everything's going well. Then you go to the third inning, and you have Edmundo Sosa, your shortstop, hit a home run, an absolute bomb to center field, scoring Yadier Molina. Killed that baseball. That was 428 feet, I think, is what I remember. Positives galore. Six hits, three runs in the first three innings of the baseball game. Again, you're, you're feeling good. If you watch the game, if you're watching the game, maybe you turned it off to go do something or, or whatever. Tuck the kids in, go for a run, whatever it might be. You think, okay, this game's over. This game's set, good to go. But when you look at the final score, the Cardinals still only have seven runs and they only have seven hits. They got three base runners in the last six innings. Hit by pitch, walk, and a hit, a single. But the offense was positive. That, that, that's all I can say. Miles Michaelis looked good early, was not able to keep that success late, and fell. Again, I'll talk about the negatives and my expectations in segment number two. But positively speaking, offense in the first three innings, that's a win. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ignoring everything else that happened in this game because it's impossible to. But for for this short, brief, ever so fleeting moment of segment number one, I wanted to be as positive as I could be. That's all I wanted. And I was positive. Good to see Nolan. Good to see Paul. Good to see Tommy. Good to see Newt Bar. Good to see Edmundo Sosa. All those guys performed well and did well and it was successful. Everything went downhill from there. Everything. that down to you today by Spotify Green Room. Um, be sure to download the Spotify Green Room app and join one of our locked on rooms when they happen. I did one earlier this week when Yadier Molina signed his one-year extension, so you can uh, be sure to get in on that. But let me know what your thoughts on the game were. Let, let me know what, what at what point, if you did, turn the game off. DM me at LJFastball on Twitter. Um, email at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. If you turn the game off, and I wouldn't blame you if you did, let me know. And let me know what your reaction was when you turned the game back on in the, sixth, in the seventh inning or after the seventh inning, and saw the score. That would be quite an awakening. So take our first break here on the episode, and then we'll get back into the negatives and what went wrong 
uh, last night against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, but something that is never going to go wrong is ordering a Built Bar. Is the best tasting protein bar in the business. You've got all these incredible flavors, and trust me, you're going to be hungry after I tell you all these flavors. you got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, including limited time flavors at a limited time. If you don't have a favorite, you're missing out. Mine is double chocolate because you get double the chocolate on those incredible, delicious Built Bars. If you can't pick one, that's okay. You don't have to. Order yourself a mix box and get two of each of the nine flavors. And if you're worried that they're not going to be healthy because they're all covered 100% in chocolate, don't worry. Check out the macros on these bars because they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today. Get the double chocolate, the mint brownie, the salted caramel, strawberry, orange, whatever you'd like. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So if I haven't enticed you enough, let me offer you a deal. Go to Built.com and use promo code BUILTLOCKED15 excuse me, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Trust me, you will not be disappointed by Built Bar. Well, what disappointing was the rest of that game last night? We're going to start with Miles Michaelis. His final line, very underwhelming, five and a third, excuse me, four and a third. Wouldn't want to give uh, Mystery that. Four and a third, eight hits, three runs. All of them earned a walk, three punch outs, and a home run. And guess who hit the home run against Michaelis? There was also another back breaking home run later. Colin Moran. Three of his seven home runs this season, I believe, are against the St. Louis Cardinals, if I remember uh, what, they, what was said in the broadcast last night. Dude kills the Cardinals. Reminds me, only because of his dominance against St. Louis, reminds me of Aramis Ramirez. Because Aramis Ramirez always murdered the Cardinals. and was a solid player outside of that. But Michaelis, I talked, I, like I said in segment number one, I said for him that the next step for me personally, for the success and the 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 growth in, in his development, was to go out there tonight, or last night, excuse me, and dominate. He did not do that. Give up three earned, four and a third, and what really sucks, too, is that not only did he not dominate, but he was given a 7-1 lead. He was initially given a 5-0 lead. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that this one start makes Miles Michaelis not an ace or not a really good pitcher. If you want to use other data to back that up or wait to see more data, that's fine. But aces and really quality good pitchers, both of them and or, don't blow five nothing leads and take advantage of those leads and settle in as you go. Michaelis was unable to do that, did not dominate. And I, again, not to use this one start as a moment of, okay, done with Miles Michaelis. No more. That's, that's it. No, not at all. But I, I, was, I was kind of disappointed to see or not see Miles Michaelis take that next step in his development and dominate the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because if I had to guess, that's what he would want to do. And if I had to guess, the starter tonight, J.A. Happ has history of dominating the Pittsburgh Pirates, so my guess is that he's going to dominate, but we will get into that a little bit later on as well. Happ's going to have to be a stopper. Michaelis was supposed to kickstart their momentum after a a walk-off win against Detroit. Not happening. I don't think think the Cardinals are playing that bad at baseball as they were in June when they had this easy of a schedule, or lighter of a schedule, I guess I should say, but they're definitely not rolling 
like they were in July and even the first part of August. Because no matter who you're playing, it's all about how you, how you play as well, right? And the Cardinals right now aren't playing – I wouldn't say that necessarily they're playing terrible baseball, although last night was pretty terrible. They're just not playing anywhere close to good baseball either, and that's the big problem. So, Michael, this is where I start and, you know, hugely disappointed isn't necessarily the, the phrase I would use. Definitely, he's been wanting more. And when, when you're trying to get results at the major league level, don't necessarily want to leave somebody wanting more. So Michaelis wasn't wasn't sharp behind him. The bullpen was sharp until it wasn't. McFarland has two-thirds of an inning of scoreless baseball. Andrew Miller had an inning of scoreless baseball. And then it all unraveled there in the seventh inning. Let's just go through play-by-play play what happened in that seventh inning for the Cardinals. Or, for, or I guess for the Pirates. It, it was... It was, it was atrocious to watch. Brian Hayes, a leadoff double. Ben Gamble walks. Miller's pulled out, and Cabrera is put in. Michael Chavis, single. Brian Reynolds, single. Two-run score. Colin Moran, single. So now you've got bases loaded. Wilmer Defoe, single. We're tied. Gregory Blanco, double. Pirates lead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pinch hitter for Chad Cool And Yoshi Tsutsugo, homers. 11-7, and at that point, Hennessy Cabrera is pulled from the game. And Ponce de Leon comes in, and it's not even an easy sale after that because you've got two outs, ground out, ground out, and then a walk, a single, so two on, and then a fly out. So Ponce de Leon does end up getting out of it without allowing any other runs to score. But that line, that's that sequence of events is disastrous, was disastrous, will continue to be disastrous as we look on and hindsight is twenty twenty, And I know that you have to think about how the other manager is going to counter. But you have to think, why, why was Cabrera left in so long? Yes, you have Colin Moran, a lefty, and Polanco after that, a lefty. And then Tsutsugo was a pinch hitter as a lefty. But even if you do like the matchup, if he's not pitching well, he's not pitching well. Matchups can only get you so far if the guys coming out of the bullpen are are producing. Tony La Russa talked about that in the 2011 World Series video. And say what you will about Tony La Russa now, but in 2011, he was definitely one of the game's best managers. And he was saying, I remember, that, that I'm paraphrasing here, so beg, beg your pardon. In this video, he was in, in the World Series video, which I have right over there, he says that like it isn't necessarily about manager putting them in places like them coming in. It was them knowing their roles and producing when they needed to. It wasn't always him pushing the right buttons. It was the players producing, knowing their roles, and getting the outs when they needed to get outs. When you brought in Mark Dobczynski to face Prince Fielder in the playoffs, Mark Dobczynski was getting Prince Fielder out. When you brought in Octavio Dotel to get out Ryan Braun in the playoffs, he was getting Ryan Braun out. And again, it, it can be an imperfect analogy because not everything works out the way you always want it to and things happen, but no matter how much you love your matchups, and I know Mike, excuse me, Mike Schilt does, and I understand that his um, bullpen management isn't always the greatest, but sometimes I understand it. But at the same time, if somebody doesn't have it, and Cabrera did not have it last night, get him out. doesn't matter what the matchup is. Get him out. I'd rather have a righty-lefty matchup than a lefty-lefty matchup when that lefty-lefty matchup has a left in the mound that's pitching very poorly. <laughs> a lot of lefties. Try, try to get, get my tongue twisted there. 
and, and what's so unfortunate about this too is that yes, the Cardinals did score seven runs in three innings, but even with that seven runs, there were those seven runs in those three innings. It still felt like that comeback or that that uh, that, that deficit was still going to be insurmountable. It was still going to be too much to come back from from a St. Louis Cardinals perspective. And that that's where the, this 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 team really loses me because every time you you think they can come back from something or they get a lead from something they don't come back. And I I will give absolute credit. Um yesterday uh, was that third Wednesday, I'm sorry, and the walk-off win. They came back after Reyes blew a lead and they got the win. Absolutely, credit there. But it still seems like this offense, day in and day out, just doesn't have the, the consistent firepower, or at least the, the firepower that is performing right now, to amount to comeback. Maybe I'm wrong on that. You can let me know. But that, that game last night was, in my opinion, one of the worst losses of the season for a multitude, multitude of reasons. You've got blowing a 7-1 to one lead. You've got allowing eight runs in one inning. You've got the fact that it's the last week of August, going into the last week of August in a playoff race when you're three and a half games out at the time going into play. You've got the fact that it was the Pittsburgh Pirates. So many different things. And again, like I said, you have the fact that it was a 7-1 And what makes it so much higher elevated of a loss of the season. The, the season being where it's at right now makes this just an incredibly atrocious, atrociously timed loss, to say the least. When I think of also tough losses, I think of blowing a, a six to one lead against Chicago. I think of the Cardinals losing to Brewers and losing to the Brewers in Game Two of that series two weeks ago, uh, when and Jack Flaherty pitched six innings and the Cardinals blew a lead there and they weren't able to come back. But this one, just because of the timing of it just really looms large as a season-defining loss. And again, in the game of 162, or season of 162, it's hard to say that this this one loss is what did you in. And I know I've, I've probably said this about a couple different losses, about those couple losses, but really to me, it's, it's a collection of losses that really boil up into what makes or breaks a season, especially if you're going to just be three, four, five games out of a playoff spot. And to me, the, the, those three that I just mentioned, the, the Cubs won because that could have been a sweep, the Brewers won because that could have led to a series uh, series win, or or this one that, that could have propelled them to a strong weekend in Pittsburgh. Those are the losses that I look at as saying, man, what if? What could have been? It, it was, uh, like I said, it's tough to say one game season defining, but if, if any game is, season, is a season defining or a season killing loss, this one comes pretty close. All of that said, and all of that remains 100% true as I get into this next point. The Cardinals could still very well go out and win three to four this weekend. They've got Hap, Wainwright, and Kim going. Kim was announced yesterday as a starter for Sunday. They very well could go out three out of four. Very well. However, three out of four isn't four to four, you know, and even if they do to get three to four, what are, you know, like I said the other day, what are they really learning from this series? And now you got to look at who your opponents are playing. The Reds are at Miami. And for reference, Miami is 53 and 75. Um, and they're two and eight in their last 10. And the Padres are playing the angels and the angels are 
63 and 66, so they're okay. But they've got a run differential of negative 67. So you got to think, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and say both those guys have a pretty good chance of winning both those series. So losing that one game could have been a difference maker. And again, every game ends up being a possible difference maker. Uh, but, but nevertheless, it, it, it ranged true that this one loss, even like I said, even if they take three to four, but this one loss has the potential to just kill any momentum. Because like I said, you thought that maybe there was some momentum coming in after the walk-off win against the Detroit Tigers. Not that momentum is gone, if there was ever any momentum. Got to take another break. That, that, that's, that, that game was all sorts of bad, all sorts of frustrating, all sorts of just just awfulness. It, it sucked. And like I said, no matter what level of fan you are, that, that was a tough one to watch. So we'll talk about the rest of the series and how the Cardinals might be able to come back from it. Um, and and we, we started the show positive. Ooh, excuse me. We started the show positive. We're going to end the show positive. So we'll um, take, take a little, little more of a uh, an, an optimistic look at the Cardinals rest of the series, and then we'll go from there. Next episode will be out on Monday, uh, but do have to take a quick break uh, to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season, and it is right around the corner as teams are returning to the gridiron. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100%, 100% welcome bonus. That's right, we've upped the ante. It's now with the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. You get a 100% welcome bonus. So also be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. When you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose your wager, if you lose, your wager will be refunded for up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from baseball to basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Better online. experts. Cardinals have three solid arms going this weekend. Minimum two. In J.A. Hap tonight and Adam Winner tomorrow. The long and short of it, that's your positive spin for the weekend. Cardinals have their ace tomorrow and someone who has pitched very well for them going tonight in J.A. Happ. Especially against Pittsburgh Pirates, like I talked about on yesterday's show. His last start, six innings, two earned. The start before that, six innings, one earned. And his start way back in, uh, I believe it was April, when he was pitching for the Twins, seven innings, one hit. Very solid numbers for Hap against the Pirates, and also very solid numbers for Hap as a St. Louis Cardinal. Adam Wainwright has given up one run against the Pittsburgh Pirates in 23 innings this season. He's also been on a roll, and Adam Wainwright is your best pitcher, best starting pitcher on the team right now. Again, that's a take that I will that I will take right now, <laughs> that I am very confident in right now. And then you've got K.K. Kim, who has the potential to dominate a lineup as well. Has not done so. Maybe he was hurt. Pitched pretty well in relief in his last time out. So there's your positive spin. I'm not going to sp- try and be too like woohoo about it, but <laughs> there's your there, there's your positivity going into the weekend. 
when this team pitches nine times out of 10, they win. Cliche, I say it too much, yada, 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 beating a dead horse, whatever. It's true. I know Jack Flaherty pitched well and they lost. Adam Wainwright pitched well and they lost. But I'd be willing to bet more times than not, and I know that more times than not when they pitch well and they get both when they get a quality start, both in terms of the statistic and in terms of the actual result of the game from their starters, they tend to win games. <clears throat> they tend to win games. <laughs> a little voice crack there. <laughs> Beg your pardon. So that's why, despite the terrible, gut-wrenching, awful, disappointing loss that was yesterday's game, the the series is not over. The Cardinals have a really good chance to st- still take three out of four, or at least take the next two games and feel good about the chances on Sunday. So I still stand by the point, or the, the, the overall theme, that we're not going to learn much about this team from this series. Not much. However... The Cardinals can still take three out of four and go into Cincinnati with momentum. And that's when we'll really start learning things because we need to see if this team can beat teams above 500. That's what we really need to see. But pitching, pitching, pitching. I love pitching. When the Cardinals pitch good, they tend to play well. So that, that, that's the positive spin. That, that's what I've got going into this weekend. Hope your Fridays are treating you well. Hope you were able to enjoy last night despite the uh, Cardinal game being what it was. And that's going to do it for today's show. A little bit of a shorter show, uh, but I appreciate you tuning in, whether it is on the YouTube channel or on your favorite podcasting platforms. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And uh, be sure to subscribe. Locked on Cardinals is free on all platforms. Um, And be sure to leave a rating and hit the bell if you're on um, YouTube as well uh, to get notified when a video goes live. Until I talk to you guys on Monday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.